Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley, and with me today is my guest, Sharon Winchester. Welcome to the show, Sharon. I'm so delighted to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sharon is the owner and jewelry designer, creator, artisan behind the Sleek Kitty Jewelry, and we'll be talking all about that today. And so, Sharon, tell me, was jewelry design something that you were always interested in, or is that something that just kind of developed later on for you? I think I've always been into it at some level. From the time I was small, I friendship bracelets, beaded necklaces, Girl Scout camp, making those little swishy charms to like share. That was all completely in my wheelhouse. I've always been into making things with my hands and dabbling in art. I love to paint. I've just always kind of had art be a big presence in my life. It's funny the direction life takes you sometimes because I went to college at Western Michigan University. I'm a Detroit native and I was working full-time at a title company at that time to pay for school. And I so much enjoyed my job in title insurance that I just kind of climbed the ladder. I managed, I learned the commercial side, and I spent almost 18 years doing commercial and residential title insurance. And before we moved here to California from Michigan, I ran the operations for the commercial division of the largest independent title company in the state of Michigan. So Art was kind of in the background for a little bit for me because I was so busy raising kids and trying to balance my career. It kind of got away from me for a little bit. And then fast forward and we moved here to California and I take a, I take a beat and I'm here with the kids and we're trying to adjust to moving across the country and new schools and getting into a groove. And my husband traveled a lot at that time for his job. So he was gone a lot and it was great, but I was bored (laughs) and I kind of had a chance to think about it and what made me tick. And I got back into painting a little bit and then I started making wreaths and painting like Mm. Christmas decor things and found myself signing up to do craft shows. And at these craft shows would come to the table and the thing they would look for the most were little like jewelry pieces that they could take and gift. And I had a good friend who was making jewelry and very successful at it. And she taught me a few things and I decided to incorporate just little leather, like wrap bracelets with my art. And then that led into learning how to rivet. And then I I like my hands and I like to get into it. So then I signed up and I went to Berkeley for a couple weekends and I took classes in metalworking at Silvera Jewelry School out there and took classes with Joe. And now all of a sudden I'm sewing and I've got a blowtorch and it just kind of morphed. And as I've grown in this. Every time something interests me or I have an idea for something, I'm online taking classes. I'm seeing if I can go to Berkeley and take a class. I'm trying to constantly ask other artisans that I know, how do you do that? How, where do you, you know, how do I figure that out? And then I'm tinkering. Um, That's a lot of 
trial and failure. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, but then you stumble on something that does work and you learn how to piece these techniques together. And now I solely focus on jewelry. I'll have my company will be 10 years this November and I can't imagine doing anything else. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And you're right. It's like life does have these twists and turns and, and things happen and we have to kind of pivot, but my goodness, what a career in title for so long. And that's, that's awesome. And then it does sound like you were kind of crafty, right? So you just were always doing things with your hands. And now the people who will be watching this on YouTube will see you've got some fantastic earrings on. And I know that those are some of the pieces that you have created. And so So tell us about those. And, and like, I'm curious how you decide what metals to use and, you know, where do you find them and that kind of thing. So can you tell us more about it? Oh yeah, absolutely. So there are all kinds of different companies that will sell supplies. You can get things that are pre-cut. I buy big spools of wire and like sheets of sterling silver, rose gold, regular gold, usually 14 karat. And then I do a lot of pieces too, to make it more affordable with brass and 14 karat gold filled, because I want, I want my designs to be something that anybody can wear. Um, and then I'm also drawn to price points. I want it to be affordable. Fashion constantly changes and ebbs in and out. I'm really into clean lines. I do some beading. I do some color, but for the most part, I want my stuff to kind of be timeless. I want to pick it up 10 years from now and still think, oh, I love those earrings. I can wear them. So these earrings specifically, if anyone checks it out, or you can go to my Instagram or website and see, I recently included in the swag bags that went out at the Oscars. And I am blessed to be a member of a group called the Artisan Group. The company, if you're not familiar with it, is founded by um, a woman who's a designer. And she had basically decided that we have more strength in numbers. And so she's collected independent women-owned businesses throughout the globe. It's amazing. We have members all over the world. And together, we are able to get our, our products and our designs into the hands of celebrities, media, and then to costume designers so that we can have our pieces worn on television and in movies. And those are all opportunities as a small-run business. I wouldn't be able to have on my own. It just opens up so many doors. So we um, I love the group. You probably can tell. <laughs> I feel like it's a blessing. They are very particular about who they take in. So when I got in, I will say that's definitely one of my prouder moments to be in with such a distinguished group. But the opportunities that we have at our fingertips are just amazing. And it all becomes a matter of what we do once we we engage in the opportunities, if that makes sense. So I gifted these earrings in the Oscar swag bags, but if I don't market them on my social media, if I don't follow up directly with the celebrities, if I don't promote them, then it's a wasted opportunity. So I am so very grateful for TAG and my sisters in TAG. They are amazing. They are a great resource. We are all so good about promoting each other. We team up sometimes at the holidays in different groups and we do giveaways. And it's not just jewelry. There are 
soap makers and perfume makers, nail polish, all kinds of bath and body care. We have this one girl who does clutches and they're amazing. (laughs) Nothing like I've ever seen and they're all handmade. So I'm definitely, definitely grateful for that opportunity and to be part of it. And when we participate in those activities like Oscars, when we've done Golden Globes in the past, things like that, we get to go to BK's pre-gifting suite. And so what they do for those major award events is they invite all of the nominees, presenters, distinguished members of the press, and then other celebrities that are important in whatever realm they're working in at that moment. And they come to these events and we gift them pieces that we've made and created. Most of them are pretty good about following up or posting pictures or giving us like little blurbs in their stories on Instagram and saying, you know, help, this is from a small business, follow this, or thanks for the artisan group and thanks to the sleek kitty for my cool earrings. So that's been It's just been so much more than I ever thought I could do with my busy hands. (laughs) That's so exciting. Just being a part of something like that is just fantastic. I love that it's you're you're supporting other women artisans and you guys are working together collaboratively on, on things. That's that's amazing. And I love that you get to be a part of something that's bigger and that you get to go to these award ceremony pre-parties. I think that's so cool. Having your your jewelry worn by celebrities is super cool. Tell us a little bit more about how you applied for and got into the artisan group, because I think that's how you were connected to be able to be a part of these award ceremony parties and gift bags. It is. It is. The Artisan Group has their own website. Anybody that's listening, if you are creative and you are into handmade and you do your thing, you should definitely go and check it out. Theartisangroup.org, I believe, but you can just Google the Artisan Group and it will come up. And there's actually an application online there that you fill out and the owner then goes through and um, does her own interview. Depending on what you're doing, she'll have things that she requires. She checks out your socials and your products to make sure that you're a good fit. And then once you're in, that you're feeling the love because I just cannot say enough about how great that group of ladies are. Even just the support and the celebration that you get in your little handmade tribe. Um, I feel like anytime any of us has a success, we all are talking about it. We're high-fiving, we're texting each other. And it's like, I saw your earrings on such and such. Or I can't believe, you know, I saw... I don't know if you're familiar with at Whole Foods, there's, they carry the soap cauldron and Emma who creates that it's all handmade. She's one of our members. And so it was really cool to be at the GBK bar this year and have Emma's work there and have celebrities come up and go, I've bought the soap at Whole Foods. That's amazing. And for us to be able to go, we know Emma and she is amazing. Thanks for supporting her. Um, So if that is your thing and your passion and you're looking to grow your business with like-minded individuals, definitely check out the Artisan Group. It is a great place to help build your business and take those steps and get your brand in front of avenues that you might not be able to hit on your own. Highly recommend it. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And so let's talk a little bit about what it's like to see your pieces on stars on television shows, because you've been featured on quite a few shows. So, so what is that like and how does that feel? And, and does it ever seem like, man, that's not that big a deal? Or is it like, oh my gosh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal every single time. It does not get old. I think I drive my kids nuts every time I squeal when something happens. And I think to them, it's very old and I'm very lame, but I enjoy every minute. I feel like it's a blessing because we're not guaranteed, you know, different shows will contact the artisan group and say, we've got these opportunities and, you know, they give us somewhat of an idea of what they're looking for or what characters they might be looking for, but it's pretty open for us to design and choose to send things. And then we have to wait and see, you know, will the costume designer use it? Will it be a good fit for that season? It could be your favorite TV show and you could watch every episode and think that you are so dialed in and you've designed the perfect necklace or bracelet or earrings for that person and they not use it. So it's, it does not get old. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm excited every time. I have been lucky to have 24 different pieces used on televisions and movies. I get very excited at the holidays to see the Lifetime and Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. We have a lovely, lovely costume designer who has been so good to our group and she uses a ton of handmade pieces. And that's probably for my daughters and I, our favorite time. And that's when they still get really excited that I have stuff on television because we love to see where it might pop up and what Nancy has chosen to use. Um, and I am personally really excited. There is a new show coming out at Prime next week called Dead Ringers. I don't know if you've seen it advertised or not, but they launched a promo last week and they have a pair of my earrings on in the promo. Wow. And I couldn't get over just like, there's something about being in a promo that's all over Instagram and Facebook that just seems really official <laughs> and very exciting. So um, yes, it does not get old. <laughs> and I'm humbled and shocked every time they choose to use something and excited to share it. I love it. That's so great. And I can imagine the, the excitement that you would feel to see the pieces that you are creating and you make them custom, right? So these are made almost to order. And, and like you said, you're working with these costume designers who, you know, may or may not choose a piece for the outfits that they're going to be having the characters in for that season. And so I think it's super cool. And I would be excited as well every time I saw that. So talking about your children, they actually kind of helped you come up with the name Sleek Kitty. And so tell us about how that came about. They did. They were still pretty young because it's been 10 years. They're 19 and turning 16 this year. So they were still pretty little and they were obsessed with our cats at the time. And so adamant that mom shop needs to be something kitty. And we went rounds and rounds and somehow over fruit snacks and apple slices, the sleek kitty kind of came about and it stuck. I've thought a few times as my brand has grown, maybe I should change it to something that's more, you know, Winchester designs or something that is a little more, um, grown up for lack of a better word, but we're riding it out. The sleep kitty is catchy and the kids named it. And as long as I can keep making pieces, we're just going to stay with it. 
That's cute. I love that, that your, that your girls were involved in that process with you. And so kind of have some, a little bit of ownership with you there in that and can take pride in that as well. So that's very cool. I love it. Going back to how you are creating these pieces, you really said you like them timeless. You like them so that they could be worn really now and five years from now. How are you coming up with the designs that you feel like can transition through the years? That's hard. (laughs) And probably one of my struggles too, because I find inspiration in like in random spots. I might be out walking the dogs and it might just be a way that a flower sits or a stick has landed and the lines just hit me right. And the light is just right. And then my brain starts going and I think about, well, if I did this and I twisted that and there was this, and then the next thing, you know, there's a new earring. So I wish I could say I had some genuine, like creative process, but I find for me, inspiration hits in the weirdest spots. I don't admit to this a whole lot, but I do carry like a little sketchbook and pencils in my bag because I will be in weird spaces and I'll get ideas or I'll see someone and it'll be the way they move or the motion. And it'll make me think, oh, well, if, you know, if you're moving that way, then this bracelet would flow this way. And it would really, it would really complement that person. And then sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's an hour because I'm just so focused, but it's really kind of random. (laughs) And I think that kind of is the design process, right? I mean, like you said, you're just seeing things in nature, the light hits something just right. And I think that really is kind of the creative process. Most people who are in arts in design feel probably that same way and carry a little sketchbook and note down these things and draw on the spot. So I think you're probably in good company. I have drawn things on napkins before at concerts. My husband is a very patient man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when it strikes, it strikes, right? So you've got to get it down. That's awesome. You told us a little bit earlier in the show that you had moved from the Detroit area to the Bay Area. And was that because of your work or your husband's work or just you decided to change the scenery would be good? My husband's work. uh, He worked in automotive and now he's in tech and he had a great opportunity present itself to him. The kids were young enough and we went, "Eh, you know let's try it for a year and see what we think aside from missing family, because it stinks that you can't just like drive down the street at Easter and have dinner like we used to. But that aside, California, the Bay area has been good for us. My husband's career has been really good. It's been great for me to have the space to create. We've been blessed with the people that we've met. The kids have flourished given the roll of the dice and given it a year. It's now turned into 11 and we still love it. Awesome. That's excellent. And so no plans to move back to Detroit at this point. Nope. Just keep visiting because we miss our family. Yeah, of course. Let's talk a little bit about um, when you are working with the designers or the people who are designing for the shows that you're hoping to be featured on, do they ever give you any kind of feedback on what it is that they're looking for? Or is it like you present some things and then they choose from that? How does that kind of work? 
So they give a general style guide of what they are looking for that season or what they think they're looking for. And then it all depends because sometimes those storylines change or they write in new characters and things morph, but they do give us just kind of a, like a, it's usually general. We need sterling silver. We are looking for rose gold for this season. We have characters that do big boho bold. So that's Mm -hmm. what we're looking for. And they give us kind of a, a range And then we submit and we keep our fingers crossed. Well, that's good that you at least get some kind of point of reference, right? That you can branch off from. I think that probably makes it a little bit easier in in your design and creation for that. Excellent. It helps for sure. Yeah. So let's go back and talk a little bit more about, you said that you do take classes regularly. It sounds like in Berkeley, there's particular community or is it course like a class how do you get involved in that like how do you sign up for that is it through the university or is it completely separate it's completely separate there's joe and i believe annette and they own silvera jewelry school and they have their own website and you can sign up for classes and some of them are day classes some of them are weekend classes depending on the level that you're doing and the intensity and how many steps and so on and so forth. But you can sign up and take classes with them and they are amazing. They are both great teachers. They have great skill sets. And then they also will bring in guest teachers. And during COVID, they were doing online classes. There's also another online school I subscribe to and I pop in regularly and try and learn new techniques. I just, I never want to get stale. And I feel like as long as I'm always trying something different, I'm growing. So I try and push myself (laughs) as much as I can to really kind of expand. And I feel like if I look back to the first things I was doing with my little leather wrap bracelets to the earrings and necklaces and things that I design now, I can really see a lot of growth. And Mm -hmm. I'm proud of that. I always tell my kids, you know, if you're not If you're not learning, you're not growing. We got to push ourselves and we can't just stay comfortable, right? Like you got to keep growing. So it's, it's my attempt to keep myself out there. (laughs) That's so great. Such an excellent point. If you're not learning and growing, there's, there's no improvement, right? When you start in the beginning, you're maybe not so good at something, but your skills grow and develop as you continue working on it. And then suddenly you're featured on television shows. And so that's just awesome. And such a great lesson for your girls, but just for everyone is that we've got to keep trying, right? We've got to keep trying to improve our skills and learning and pushing ourselves beyond you know limits that we think we may have. Absolutely. And then you just think all the doorways that it opens up. If I didn't take a chance with the artisan group, I wouldn't know know the group of ladies that I do. And I'm so grateful for them. If I didn't take a chance and go to the gifting lounge this time to represent the artisan group, I wouldn't have met Tara. And I love texting with her. Like she's amazing. I just feel like the more I push myself, the bigger my world becomes. And I'm always learning and gaining so much. I feel like that keeps me creative and that keeps me inspired. So hopefully that's the right combination. (laughs) And I keep coming up with good ideas and new ideas. And so what advice then would you offer to someone who is maybe considering 
taking that, you know, jewelry class, learning how to make some new kind of art form, what advice would you share with them? Do it. Google in your area, there is always somewhere that you can take lessons or learn something. YouTube has all kinds of stuff that you can go through and do um, uh, like wire wrapping. That was one of those things. I was so, I couldn't figure out for the life of me how people got beads to like sit on wire. I, I just like looking, looking, and I'm like, I feel like it would be so simple. It's not. <laughs> those people honed that talent. And it has taken me a long time to get to the point where I can wire wrap effectively and efficiently and not have it uncoil or the beads fall off. Mm -hmm. But little things like that, if, if you look, they're out there. There are art studios and you can pop in. It's no different than learning pottery or learning how to paint. They're there and try it and see what sticks. Then also take the chances and take the risk. Use less expensive materials to experiment. So you don't maybe want to go out and buy a whole sheet of sterling silver to start, but maybe you get something like nickel or aluminum because you're learning and it's softer and you're trying things. So you take the risk, give it a shot, and then it'll come and it'll develop and it'll grow. Um, when I first started, I was doing a lot of hand stamping. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they basically have like individual letters. And so if you, if you buy anything that's personalized by me, it's not lasered. It's not coming out of a machine. I actually put each letter on there one at a time with a hammer and like a metal, like an old school typewriter, <laughs> but it's me <laughs> for lack of a better way to explain it. And when you start, it's crooked and your impressions are bad. They're heavy on one side, they're light on another. There's so much room for error. But I kept practicing on little blanks that I would get at Michael's or Joanne Fabric, Hobby Lobby. And sure enough, with enough like learning how to tilt and tap and pressure, I can stamp straight. And it's one of my favorite things to do, actually. Take the chance, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, that's awesome. It, and such a great point about starting with materials that are less costly because then you're not feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't practice. I can't try this because it costs so much for this material. But if you're starting with something that's less expensive, then you don't have that reservation to attempt something new. Right. And that's excellent. Great point. And then there's also lots of opportunity on Facebook and look for groups. And if you're interested in getting started, there's always somebody coming in and there's always somebody going out, right? Because life pivots and you can buy good quality material, hammers, saws, blades, things that you need to get started in a jewelry business for half the cost because they're used. So it's a great way to get your foot in the door and start to build than trying to go out and spending all the money on the equipment, brand new. There's, there's ways, check out your community. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that because I never would have thought, you know, that these things would be available Maybe if somebody, like you said, has to pivot to something else and they maybe don't need these tools anymore, or they've grown beyond or switched mediums or something. Mm -hmm. And so they don't need them. That's advice. So thank you for sharing that. So let's talk then a little bit about challenges that you faced. I know, obviously it takes time. It's, it's practice. And like you just shared with us about, 
you know, tapping those letters until you get it just right. But was there any other challenges that you faced in launching the business or maybe in designing or anything that you want to share? For me, it was trying to um, get my ducks in a row. (laughs) So when you're an independent business owner, you wear all the hats. I don't have a web design team. I started out on Etsy and then eventually moved into my own website using Shopify. It is a lot easier if you are inept at web design like I am. <laughs> Make stuff out of metal, but you know, throwing together websites a bit of a challenge. For me, that was always like one of my biggest challenges was trying to figure out how to put my brand together in a way that represented me and what I wanted to get out there and then also getting it out there. So one of the biggest things I think, if you have friends that are independent business owners, if they are handmade, if they are in this line of work, following them on social media, sharing their stuff. I know a lot of people get caught up in, well, I can only help you if I'm buying things. And no, it's great if you have to give a birthday gift and you wanna choose something for me, that's awesome. But sharing my work with others, asking your friends to follow so that my algorithms are staying up and I'm getting out there is really a huge help. I feel like when you're a small independent business owner wearing all the hats, that that help in marketing and getting your brand shared is priceless. And for me, I find that to be, it's hard. I don't like to ask people to share my stuff. (laughs) I just kind of want it to magically go out there in the universe and do its thing. But I'm getting better at asking my friends on my personal sites to please share and ask people to follow. And that helps a ton. Those are great points. And you're absolutely right. If your interest is in design of jewelry, you maybe don't know how to code a website or you know how to connect a payment method to a website. And some of those things are just like, beyond the scope of knowledge. And you do have to wear all the hats when you're in business for yourself. Like you said, it's, it can be very challenging. So that's awesome that you found ways to make it happen. And Etsy is such a great place to start, right? As you know, artisan crafting, handmade things to sell. It is. It is a great platform to kind of get yourself out there, test the waters, and then see where it takes you. Um, I know so many of the ladies in our group use Etsy and then their own sites because it, it just, they hit different audiences. And it's all a matter of figuring out what works best for you. Good point. Well, let's wrap up our conversation, which has been just delightful. So thank you so much. And share with us if there's any books that you have read or are reading that you think would be beneficial for the listeners or maybe podcasts that you're listening to that you would like to share. Well, podcast wise, I tend to be a true crime junkie and living in the Bay Area. And having a kid that just went off to college, I have been very obsessed with following your own backyard and the details surrounding everything that has come to fruition for the smart family with having this podcast developed and then to have her murder solved so many years later. So that's been pretty riveting. And I like to sometimes listen to true crime stuff when I'm working. Um, And then Book-wise, I just finished The Paying Guest, and I'm still trying to figure out if I'm happy with the way that ended. So I don't know. (laughs) 
And the verdict's still out, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I'm still processing that one a little bit. Okay, well, thank you for sharing those. And I'll include those in the show notes so that anyone who's listening can go check those out as well. And then I'll have you share how people can connect with you if they have questions about the artisan group or jewelry design or how to find your pieces. Why don't you go ahead and share with everyone how they can do that? Best platform is actually probably Instagram. You can find me at the Sleek Kitty. I'm pretty good about getting back if you want to direct message. I also have my website, which is thesleekkitty.com. And there is a built-in messenger feature on that. If you happen to message at a time that I'm not online, it does come into my email and I'm able to respond. So those are probably the two best ways to find me. And then again, if you've got questions about the artisan group or where to take classes in the Bay Area, feel free to message me and I can send you those things directly. Always happy to help. Yeah, that's great. And then I'll have you share those with me as well and be able to include those in the show notes for people to have easy access to that information as well. Well, Sharon, thank you again so much for taking your time to come on the show and share with us the story about how you began your jewelry design business and and just the exciting stuff about being featured on television shows and in award ceremonies. It's so awesome. I love it. I love hearing that. Thank you again for for taking the time to be a part of the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope I helped some people who might be thinking about it get out there. Awesome. Well, thanks again and we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening. Thank you all for being here. I'm thrilled to have you join me for my new podcast. If you found this episode enjoyable, I'd love for you to show your support by following, rating, and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback will not only help me improve, but it will also help others discover the content. Happy listening.